You're listening to a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, upc.org. I've asked our leaders in the outreach department to help us get more connected to what God is doing through this community and the world. So you might just look at your bulletin this morning and you'll see three headings. Um, associated with stories that are going to be told a little bit later on. Uh, These headings are the major uh, thrusts that we're engaged in globally. Three major areas of initiative. The first is global neighboring. The second is local global partnerships. And the third is leadership development. You'll see that as we go through the worship. but, But even today, you can engage in these three initiatives through the three modes of engagement that we talked about last Pentecost. Pray, give, and go. We're going to do that in this hour of worship. My name is Chris Thurton, and I'm on staff here at UPC, and I work with University Ministries. And um, one of the things the University Ministries does is each year we take a group of 60 college students down to the Dominican Republic, and we've been doing it for the past 15 years. And this past year, I got the opportunity to go with one of our students, and I'll let him introduce himself. Cool. Uh, Well, hi, guys. My name's Josh. I am a third-year junior here at the University of Washington um, studying business. And I grew up in Bellevue, Washington, and got involved with the Inn uh, last year, my second year here um, through University Ministries. And it's just a blessing. So, um, yeah. And last year we went to, or I guess uh, this was my second time going to the Dominican Republic. And there we um, have 60 students, and we do a variety of different things, including uh, playing baseball with youth there through a program, uh, through a program called I Love Baseball, um, as well as working with the communities, um, working with a program called Children of the Nations, um, which, which helps with sponsorship of kids, um, and then a whole bunch of other things, such as uh, building and repairing houses and just spending time with the community down there. Awesome. Josh, what drew you to go on this trip in the first place last year? Uh, yeah, so growing up, um, I always had a place in my heart for Jesus, as well as a place in my heart for kids and baseball. And so this was a trip, um, an opportunity for me to just combine all these three things, um, take that opportunity and, and spend time um, hanging out with youth and playing the game that I love, all while uh, worshiping and, and learning more and, and growing with God. So it was a great opportunity, and I just couldn't let it go. And it sounds like that first trip really impacted you. What about that trip impacted you, and what made you want to go back again? Yeah, um, definitely. I think for me, it was just seeing the joy um, in so many different people. Uh, I think all 60 of us on the trip, on the first trip, um, just found joy and and found love in so many different ways. Uh, And I just wanted to be a part of that. Um, Again, I found joy through playing baseball with the youth and sharing my faith with them and and hearing about their stories. Uh, And just wanting to be a part of that again um, was just something that drew me back. That's great. And and since you've been back uh, the second time, have you seen God at play in your life? Yeah, um, I think just talking about that joy and that love is just um, taking those opportunities to really appreciate um, the areas that God's given us to serve and the passions that we love um, and the things that we enjoy. And and combining those with the areas um, of life that that God can reach into, um, it's just been a a complete blessing, and uh, I'm thankful for it uh, every time I get an opportunity like that. So That's great. Thank you for sharing, Josh. Would you all join me as I pray for Josh and pray for the rest of our time today? 
Heavenly Father God, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done in Josh's life and how you've used the Dominican Republic um, as a place of impact in his life, God, and how you have not only impacted his life, but countless students over the last 15 years. Um, God, I pray that you continue to do good work there in the Dominican Republic and the various villages that COTN is working in and that Isle of Baseball is working with, God. Um, and I just pray for Josh as he continues uh, throughout his schooling here, God, that you would help him to finish out this year strong and uh, go into next year strong, God, and just help us uh, as a church um, continue to neighbor with each other and continue to neighbor with those in the Dominican Republic, God, uh, and just for those relationships and uh, as we usher your kingdom in uh, on earth. In your name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. And now we get to hear a story of a very unique uh, global, uh, local global partnership called Scope. And Kate Fizenmeyer is here to tell us about that. Um, Kate is the program coordinator for Scope and a member here at UPC. And you're going to tell us about Scope, but why don't you first tell us how'd you, how'd you get to UPC? Sure. So, hi everyone. I'm Kate. Um, my journey to UPC started actually in St. Louis. My dad is a pastor at a big church, a lot like UPC there. And um, we grew up going to church every Sunday. But when I went to college, I remember having these kind of awkward conversations with my parents when they would call me. And the conversation would go a little something like this. They would say, Kate, are you going to church? Have you found a church family? How is you know, God acting in your life. And I would say things like, well, I'm really thinking about going. I've checked out a couple of places. But then I would never really make a commitment and didn't really make it many Sundays to church. Um, those yeah. <laughs> so I, my favorite part of church growing up was the part where I was able to kind of put in a couple hours of manual labor in the inner city ministries or um, go on a mission trip to Mexico, which there's a similar ministry here, um, and just really be able to connect with people from different walks of life. So when I graduated from college, I pursued that passion by joining the Peace Corps. Um, and I served in Kazakhstan for two years, uh, but it was I was in a predominantly Muslim community, so there weren't a lot of opportunities for me to engage with the church there either. Um, and when I moved home after the Peace Corps, I started a graduate program at the Evans School at the University of Washington. And while I was there, I really started to feel like something was missing. Um, and I thought, maybe it's time for me to go back to church and start exploring some of those feelings and exploring how Jesus can come and fill those places in me. And so I came to UPC, and as it turns out, it's kind of lonely to worship by yourself in a new city. So I joined the cathedral choir. I'm missing my robe this service. They, but. they cheered her on last service, but... Yeah. So anyway, that's how I landed at UPC. Awesome. Great. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit now about, uh, about Scope and how you got involved there? Sure. Scope is an absolutely amazing partnership between this church and the Department of Global Health of the University of Washington. Um, I got involved with an email in my inbox, as you sometimes get involved with things in grad school. Um, and I saw, uh, I was looking for ways to continue my education in an international setting, and I got an email about a graduate student fellowship with this organization called Scope. And as I was reading through the description, the mission of the organization just really resonated with me. Scope works by partnering faith communities with medical communities in Ethiopia to improve health in areas that are affected by HIV. And the particular program that this fellowship description was for was for maternal child health and this critical period when women give birth and the period following giving birth. 
And so I knew from my time in the Peace Corps about the disproportionate burden of these problems on women and children in sub-Saharan Africa. But as I prepared for the interview, um, I found out that Ethiopia actually has a really staggering maternal mortality ratio. And that just means women that die during childbirth or in the period immediately following childbirth. Mm. Um, they account for 5% of all maternal deaths worldwide, even though they're only 1% of the world's population. Mm. So when I'm reading this description and preparing for the interview, I really started to feel a connection with the mission of the organization and what they were doing. But I think what really hooked me was how they wanted to improve health and improve the lives of these women and children in Ethiopia. And that's by using the immense influence and connections and community of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church and infusing that with the expertise, the medical expertise of people here at the University of Washington and with our partners at the University of Gondar in Ethiopia. So I applied for the fellowship, um, and last summer I had a chance to spend some time in Ethiopia where I helped devise a strategic plan for the organization, and I'm still working with them to help implement it. Wow. So how, how, tell us how you saw Jesus at work during that summer in Ethiopia. Yeah, so I've alluded a little bit to... Um, this time in my life where I was feeling this tension between my academic brain and my work brain with my spiritual life and my walk with Jesus. And I think for me, where I saw Jesus the most in Ethiopia was in how people lived their faith. Um, it wasn't they would go to work and, and kind of do that thing, and then they would go to church and, and do another thing. It was all interwoven, really. Um, and a great example of how I saw this is with a man named Kefialu. I think we've gotten... Is he up there? We'll Not yet. Well, <laughs> Kefi was a fellow that I worked with um, in Ethiopia. There he is. Um, and he's on a hill in that picture, but he's actually a really, really small man. Um, and he's a wonderful person, and I had the chance to work with him a lot this summer. He has an incredible story. He is from a small village in Ethiopia, and he is one of 13 children. Um, he decided to go to school and is super passionate about health, and he is now a lecturer at the Institute of Public Health at mm. the University of Gondar. Um, and we used to always say that Kefialu is a small man, but he is a man of big faith. And one of my favorite memories of my time in Ethiopia was going with him and his wife to their church. Uh, when I first met him, he told me that he and his wife, every morning at 6 a.m., started their day by going to their church. And I remember thinking, wow, that's a lot of church. <laughs> and that's really early. <laughs> um, but Emily, who's in the picture, she and I had the privilege um, of going with them one morning early on during our fellowship. Um, and we all worked together as fellows while we were there. And I went with Kefialu, and we went, and he and his wife go every morning, and they pray there, and they really center their day in the love of Jesus by doing this every single morning. Um, and I remember thinking when we first did this that that's such a discipline, and it must be such hard work for him to do that. But as I spent the summer with him and really had the chance to work with him and see him interact in these villages and in these smaller communities in Ethiopia, I noticed that it, it wasn't a burden at all. It was something that brought an immense amount of joy to his life and joy to the people around him. Um, and as he worked, I could actually see the fruits of the Spirit be alive in his work. Um, and I think with my own struggles with kind of compartmentalizing things and not allowing God into all the places of my life, it was really wonderful for me to see how, how God worked through Kefialu, and not just that he blessed other people, but that it made the quality of his work better. Mm. And that's really a big, big piece of how I saw Jesus while I was in Ethiopia. Wow. 
Okay, two more questions. Okay. How, how has working with SCOPE overall, here and there, what impact has that had on your faith journey? So for me, it's been a lot about um, blending those two areas of my life. Since having interactions with people like Kefialu while I was over there really allowed me to see a great example of how, how you can do both and how you can really kind of let go of those pieces of your life that you cling to for yourself. For me, that's work life and academic life. Um, and I really saw in my own life how when I came back, I was much more willing to bring prayer into my work life and work life into my prayers and to pray for wisdom and for guidance. And it's really improved, I think, my quality of work, just like it did for Kefialu's. And I, I try also to you know, exercise the fruits of the spirits, mostly patience, which is the <laughs> hardest one for me. Um, yeah, and I think the time in Ethiopia and continuing my work with Scope has really helped me to feel like I'm being the healing hands of Christ in the world mm -hmm. and not just seeing that with people in Ethiopia, with the priests and religious women that participate in the programs or with the women and children that are affected by the programs, but also seeing God at work in my own life. How can we, as we think about Scope, how can we as a congregation engage, how can we pray, give, and go for Scope? Yeah, so when you and I initially talked about this, I was like, well, I'm going to have to think about that. <laughs> um, and it's been kind of a, a fun thought process thinking about how UPC can really be involved in giving and going and praying. Um, and I think first and foremost, Scope really needs your prayers. Well, the work that they're doing in Ethiopia isn't easy, and it requires a ton of trust between religious leaders and the medical community. And that trust is not something that's been historically built. Um, so I would ask that all of you pray that God open the hearts and minds of the people in Ethiopia to be receptive to learning something new and to be receptive to working in a new way and to be receptive for being health advocates in the community. Um, an another way that I, that I thought about is uh, I'm implementing a strategic plan for, for SCOPE. And it's, it's a scary and exciting time to be in. We're looking at how to scale up some of these programs that reach women that maybe have never accessed healthcare for the first time in these more rural places in Ethiopia. And so as we scale those programs up, looking at you know, praying that God would provide for those programs and provide for the work that they're doing and really show himself to the women and children that we're trying to reach in Ethiopia. And then lastly, yeah. is that I, I, this is a personal one, I was a fellow, um, and while I was away last summer, uh, members of the cathedral choir prayed for me and sent me emails and um, really showed me what it means to be supported by the body of Christ. So we have two, two fellows that are going to be going this year from the University of Washington, and we also have two fellows from the University of Gondor that are active there right now. And I'd just like to ask that all of you pray for their safety and for their experience and that God would just open their hearts and their minds and allow them to really be those healing hands of Christ. All right. Hey, we're going to pray for you in scope right now. All right. Let's pray. Lord, first of all, thank you for Kate and for her willingness to, to share what you've done through her life. Thank you for her courage to lean into the tension between the seemingly diverging paths of life in academics and a life of faith. And thank you for the impact that Kay Fialu, who showed her that faith and work can converge, or even more, that, that, that prayer makes our work better, and that our work is a vital part of our daily kingdom journey with you. Lord, we pray that you would continue to use Kate to impact the lives of women and their families in Ethiopia. Would you encourage her as she applies her experience and training by showing her stories of redemption and growth in those people's lives. 
We pray for scope as they continue to pursue their call. Would you provide the resources they need to maintain and develop these vital programs? And would you grant them discernment and strength as they equip priests and healthcare workers in partnering together to serve their particular communities in Ethiopia? Lord, thanks. Thank you for this unique partnership opportunity between the UW and UPC. May it produce many more moments of impact in the lives of your people in Ethiopia, of your people in Seattle, and wherever else you lead. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I knew God was going to do something great. I knew that I was going to be broken by the people that I met and the relationships that I would form. God, I, I expect you to do great things. Yeah. It was my first time in the U.S. and first time in San Francisco, so I didn't know what to expect. Lord, we are going to a city that you love. This generation of international students really wants to serve and wants to have experiences to prepare them for the real world. The hope was to take people to San Francisco into the poorest neighborhood of the city, into the Tenderloin, where they would be exposed to things they were not used to seeing, right? To see homeless sleeping on the streets, to see people dealing drugs right in front of them. But to show them that God is actually working in this place. And if their eyes could be open to seeing how God is working in the Tenderloin, their eyes could be open to seeing how God is at work on the University of Washington campus and back in their home countries as well. I think one of the basic things to describe the Tenderloin is obviously the poorest of the poorest neighborhoods in San Francisco. My first impression when I got onto that street was, wow, there are so many homeless people on the on the street. And my first reaction was actually fear. I was I was scared. I was scared. You go from these really nice shops that are two blocks away to um, absolute poverty. It's just really crazy contrast. Some people were already kind of engaging with the people who were sleeping outside at YWAM. And I felt like, how can other people do it? In a sense, I was like, I wonder if I would actually do that. If I would be able to step out of what I'm normally comfortable with. Take that extra step out. generally describe myself as a bold person. I think the first night we met someone, he was he just wanted money from us, but we're like, hey, we'll just buy you food. We went to Carl's Jr. and he got him something and the next thing I knew, I was like, hey, can we pray for you? <laughs> like it was like just natural for me to do so. Um, and I did and it was awesome. And not only was he blessed? Not only was I blessed, but there was another guy who was coming alongside, just kind of observing our group, and he was like, what you are doing right here is awesome. Thank you. That's, that's a beautiful thing, though, that you guys are doing, huh? That boldness, I can't really explain it without just being like, God, that was you. told us he was um, in rehab right now. He was really struggling in life at the moment with his addiction. Yeah, he also told me to keep doing what I was doing and keep pursuing art and showing it to the world. Those memories are associated with the sketch. 
um, which makes it really special. I think for the people who are going home, my hope is really that their experience wouldn't just be, I had such a special time in San Francisco, I will always look back on that fondly, but that it would be a turning point in how they view the world of putting Jesus at the center and learning to see through his eyes so that no matter where they go, they'll be able to see how God is working, especially on the margins, especially in the places where it's hard to see, so that they would be people who can see God is working here and I wanna be a part of it. One of the biggest takeaways from San Francisco trip was the idea of doing a hot chocolate run. We wanted to bring that tradition to the Ave. We would all go out with like four jugs of hot chocolate. We would hand out hot chocolate to anyone who needed it. I think the attitude of helping the needy is something I would like to take back with me. I now know how to not be so complacent about simply feeling these things for these people and doing nothing with that. Like, because I'm now so convicted, I can't help but do something now. I feel like I've grown more in my faith um, throughout San Francisco trip and also during my time here. In Australia, I think I was in a very controlled environment. My family was there, I knew everyone, but I feel like when you're kind of thrown into the unknown, you have to rely on God even more. This experience has really changed me in that way to trust God more, to really put my faith into practice, which means to know that He will guide me through anything that happens and that He has a plan for me wherever I go. Well, we've been hearing stories of the Holy Spirit's work around the world, moments of impact in the Dominican Republic, in Ethiopia, in Seattle. And now it's my privilege to give us a final charge. It's time for us shortly to go out into the world as God's Pentecost people and do likewise. In the present, Jesus is present. And through the Holy Spirit, every moment can be a moment of impact. We think of that Ethiopian and Philip they were both eager to be somewhere else. The, uh, Philip wanted to be in, back in Samaria, where his ministry had been very fruitful, as he understood it. And the uh, Ethiopian, he wanted to get home back in Africa. He had finished worshiping in Jerusalem, and now it was time to be somewhere else. And the question is, would they both take the time to participate in what the Holy Spirit was doing as their paths crossed? It would have been a temptation to keep going, to move past. And yet there's a question here that sort of summarizes for me the crux of the issue as we go out into the world. It's a question on the lips of the Ethiopian. He says, what's preventing me from being baptized in verse 36? Another way of translating that would be, what's stopping me? What's stopping me? And I want you to think about that question as you think about the people and places uh, you might find yourself this week. What's stopping me from jumping into what the Holy Spirit wants to do in me and through me in that moment? Am I too busy? Am I too fearful? Am I just using God to get to heaven and ignoring him here? Am I immobilized by shame, unwilling to be forgiven? Am I out of touch with God's purposes for my life and this world? Am I not paying attention 
God's word and God's promises? Am I unaware of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? They say getting on an airplane doesn't make anybody a missionary. And I think that's true. But what does make anybody a missionary is paying attention to the Holy Spirit and looking for moments of impact in every moment, right where you are. As I told you, I've been traveling for graduations this week. I realized last weekend, I, uh, in five days, visited nine states. A lot of puddle jumping and uh, red eyes. But in that blur, here's what I remember. There were three conversations that stand out to me as, 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 retrospectively as extraordinary moments. I remember a conversation with a proud parent. Another conversation with um, an estranged caregiver. And one with a man who had a story of answered prayer that he did not know what to do with. In all of those moments, I realize now that the Holy Spirit was bringing Jesus to the surface for me and for my conversation partner. These were moments of impact. And I wonder, why do I so frequently miss them? I want you to think about where you have landed today or where you might land uh, this week. It might be an unexpected place. You might, like my friends on this airplane, say, I don't want to be here, didn't plan to be here. How quickly can I get out of here and onto something that feels important to me? But what's stopping you in that moment from engaging with Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit? He might want to renew you. He might want to draw somebody else closer to him. Isn't it possible that the Holy Spirit has an itinerary for your life? You think you just happened to miss the bus. You think you just happened not to get into the class or the school that you wanted to get to. You think that this late night disruption is accidental and getting in the way. You think that you just happened to sit next to somebody at your grandchild's graduation ceremony. You think that you just happened to be in this examining room or in this clinic. And yet, maybe the Holy Spirit has you there for just such a moment. So I charge you to be present to Jesus and to the world, to make an impact. As I think about the, Phil, uh, the Ethiopian and Philip, I realize it would be a mistake to think of either one as having done something to the other. Really, the way Luke tells the story, they're not the ones who are doing things. Actually, it's the Holy Spirit who's the agent. Jesus, through the Spirit, is doing something in and through both of these men. The Holy Spirit has been active doing in their lives up to this point, And the Holy Spirit will be active doing something in their lives in the future. All they need to do is be alert to the moment and respond. I like the way the message says it, as Becky read. Philip grabbed his chance. He grabbed his chance. He seized the moment. Well, if you want to grab your chance this week, I would invite you to pull out that uh, little insert at some time today that was in the bulletin. This gives you ways that you can pray and give and go in these initiative areas that your church, that our community here at UPC is engaging with around the world. But beyond that, I would just invite you to let the Holy Spirit guide you wherever you land. Let the Holy Spirit grab you. And then you grab your chance. For more UPC audio or to find out about service times, visit us at upc.org. All online audio is available on CD and cassette.
To order copies of sermons and classes, please visit upc.org slash audio, email audio at upc.org, or call 206-524-7301, extension 117.